welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Amen. At the beginning of the year, we kicked it off with a 21-day fast. Who remembers that? It was, it was really good. I had a really good time. And 21 days of fasting can be like a long time, three weeks. But in the middle of that fast, I was really enjoying myself. I found that, that as you begin to take things away from your everyday normal life, the voice of God becomes so much clearer in your ears and in your heart and your spirit. And so we took that three weeks. We fasted and prayed. And at the end of those 21 days, at the very last Sunday of January, I stood up and talked to you about three things that I felt like God was saying to our church for this year. Does anybody remember what those three things are? (laughs) Yeah. I felt like God was saying that this year was going to be, number one, a year of unity, number two, a year of defeating the giants, and number three, a year of breakthrough. It's a year of unity, breakthrough, and defeating the giants. Now listen, you know that when God speaks to you and says, hey, it's going to be a year of unity, how is the enemy going to attack you? Division. You know that when you say it's going to be a year of breakthrough, you're going to find all these obstacles that suddenly appear in your life out of nowhere. You're like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. This is crazy. And you know when you say, God said to me, it's going to be a year defeating giants, what happens to you? Oh, man. And they don't just show up by themselves. They bring all their ugly cousins and friends and trolls and dwarfs and all those guys. They all show up together and try and stop what God wants to do in your life. So God said at the end of our 21-day fast that this was going to be a year of unity and defeating the giants and of breakthroughs. And I believe that. Now, here we are smack dab in the middle of the year. Today is June 2nd. It is like the halfway point-ish of the year. I mean, if you could really divide 365 evenly, like June is like the sixth month, the beginning, and we're halfway in the year. What I spoke on to these pastors last week, God really put in my heart. This other pastor from Langley called me about six weeks ago, and I told told all these these were pastors, they were leaders in their churches, and um, when he called me, He said, hey, would you come and speak at this thing? And as he was speaking to me, I had my phone to my ear like this, and I could just hear the voice of God speaking to me. So it was like I had two voices speaking to me at the same time. I was listening to him, but in my spirit, God began to speak to me and talk to me about what what he wanted me to share with those pastors and with those leaders. And for the last two hours, like I... James chapter 1, if I showed you my Bible, it is all marked up. There's red pencil marks everywhere. There's highlights because we are ready to go in James. But the last two hours, God has been speaking to me and saying, you need to talk about this today with Hope City. And what I talked about them was standing on guard. When God said it's a year of defeating the giants, when God said it's a year of breakthrough, and when God said that it's a year of unity, those are all exciting things. We're like, yeah, woo, unity, breakthrough, defeating the giants. Woo, it's going to be awesome. But after a while, you get tired of standing guard, don't you? Our national anthem. Who knows our national anthem? You used to. The national anthem ends by saying, Oh, Canada. And not just once, right? Then it goes back and it says it again. Oh, Canada. 
We stand on guard for thee. And I'm here to tell you today that there are things in your life, in your mind, in your body, in your emotions that you need to stand on guard for. There are things that God has spoken to you in the night, in dreams, through the word, through whatever it is you're doing, where God has spoken to you, and you need to stand on guard for those things. Some of the, probably one of the best pictures we have of guards being on guard. When I think about it right away, the first thing I think of is those guards at Buckingham Palace. With those crazy like hats that have to be like five feet tall. And they're super, that, there's no way those guys would wear those in a battle. Because those hats are just impractical. And they have that chin strap that doesn't really go under their chin. It goes across their chin. You know, it goes like here. With their five foot tall hats that look like those cleaners that you use for horns. You know, that you stick down. What are those things called? Okay, a horn cleaner, Sure. You know what was great about that was not that Chad, the way he said it, it was also the look on his face that none of you could see. He was like, a horn cleaner? What else would it be called? A what? A busby. Just a plethora of information this man is. I don't even want to, like, how, why, why do you know that? <laughs> okay. Of course. They're marching hats. That's why they wear them. These guys stand on guard. And what do they do? They stand outside Buckingham Palace. They are like they're guarding the queen. And they are known for standing on guard and how they will not break their attention. That nobody can distract them. People go up to them all the time and like try and like make them blink and try and make them move and try and freak them out. So they like do something. But they will not like they're known to not move. Right. Does everybody know who I'm talking about? Has anybody been to Buckingham Palace? Have you tried doing that to them? Of course. I mean, like, who? if I went to Buckingham Palace, I would concoct some elaborate scheme that would probably end in an international incident where I was in jail and the Canadian government would have to get involved and bring me back to Canada. But they're known for standing on guard. That's what they do. They are on guard. And some of you need to realize that you need to stand on guard for things in your life like those guards at Buckingham Palace. When God speaks to you, when you open your Bible and you are reading scriptures and God's talking about stuff, we're like, oh, this is great. This is amazing. And then you go off and you forget about it. And in fact, James talks about it at the end of chapter 1, how when you, when you read the word, you don't need to just like read it and forget about it. You've got to remember what the word of God says. So when God speaks to you, you need to remember what he's saying. You need to stand on guard for those promises. You need to stand on guard for those things that he says to you about your life and your future and about who he calls you to be, Justin, and who he says that you are in him. It's not who you are in Justin. It's who you are in Christ. And you've got to stand on guard for that. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says this. Jaden's going to get it on screen. And I told Jaden, I was like, hey, man, we're going off script today. And we're going to put your skills to the test. And trust me, this dude is up to it. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says this. Stay alert! See that exclamation point? Now, I don't know if when, when Peter wrote this, that he put an exclamation point in there. But I feel like he did. I feel like he was trying to make a point. Hey, stay awake. Wake up. Keep your eyes open. 
stay alert. He says, watch out for your great enemy, comma, in case you're not sure who it is, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Open your eyes, pay attention. Your enemy is walking around looking for somebody to devour. He's walking around like this with his eyes open. Mm. Who can I go and devour today? Who can I go and swallow up? That word devour in the Greek, it's great. It's katapino. And it means to gobble up. It does consume or to gulp down. Listen, the enemy isn't just after a piece of you. He wants the whole thing. So when it says he wants to devour you, he wants to devour you. I love the picture that it gives when it says that, that, that devour is catapino. It means to gulp you down. He wants to pick you up and drink you down and consume you. He says, pay attention. Don't forget what God has said to you. Don't forget what God has done for you. Don't forget what God says he wants to take you because your enemy, the devil, is looking around trying to find somebody. If I can just, oh, I see Jeremy back there. I'm going to make my way back to Jeremy. And my intention is to eat Jeremy up. I'm going to gobble him up. That's the picture that the devil is trying to do to you. You've got to be vigilant. You have to stand on guard. And here's the thing. Nobody can stand on guard really for you. You've got to stand on guard. You've got to stand up. You've got to crack that Bible open and read it. You've got to say, this is what the word of God says about this situation. This is what the word of God says about my emotions. This is what the word of God says about my friend. This is what the word of God says about my healing and my health in my body, in my mind, in my spirit, in my soul. And I am going to stand on guard. Here's what many of us do. A lot of us just live our life great, skipping along. La, 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 I'm so happy and free. La, 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 la. <gasps> I'm in the middle of the worst storm of my life, and I'm drowning. You don't want to wait until you're in the middle of the storm to be like, oh, what does the Bible say again? What does is, what is that scripture talk about? What, what am I supposed to do? What am I, who do I call? What do I do right now? I don't know what to do. I'm drowning. That's how a lot of us live our spiritual life. In reality, you want to be standing on guard, which means you are filling yourself up with the Word of God. When you are reading the Bible on a daily basis so that before you find yourself in some of the worst trials and temptations you could ever imagine, you know what the Bible says. That's what standing on guard is talking about, being vigilant, being prepared, being ready for the fight. Not just blindly stumbling along in life, and tripping over things and landing in a big mess and then saying, how did I get here and I don't know what to do. A lot of us live life just walking along with no preparation, no spiritual forethought, not spending time with God, not standing on guard, and then land in a mess and are completely overwhelmed and consumed. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to get out of it. 
We don't know what we're supposed to do. Stay alert. Be vigilant. Watch out. Your enemy's out there. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Starting in verse 10. This is the armor of God. Paul's talking here and he says, a final word. This is the end of the letter. He's like, I've got one more thing to say to you. Got one more thing that I need to say to you before we go. Before I wrap this up, I got one more thing. Final words are so important. Final words are things that you've got to communicate to somebody why you still have the chance, why you still have the opportunity. There's one more thing I want to say before you go. You can't leave without me saying this to you. It's so important. It says a final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Who are you supposed to be strong in? And in whose power? It doesn't say be strong in yourself and in your own bad self, right? Go on to verse 11. It says, put on all God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. What does that mean? It means the devil is out there thinking and scheming about ways to take you out. He's got strategies about how I'm going to come along and take out Chad. What can I do in Chad's life to take him out? Verse 12. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Well, that's a shocker. But we are fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You're not fighting against people. You're fighting against a spiritual atmosphere. You're fighting against spirits. You're fighting against evil spirits in the heavenly places that are coming at you, that are designed to take you out. People are people. And they can't really take you out. They can hurt your feelings. They can offend you. They can upset you. But these are things that are designed to hit at the core of who you are. He's got schemes and strategies that he is trying to work against you that will stop you dead in your tracks and immobilize you. And he says, you're not fighting fighting flesh or blood. You're fighting these things. Verse 13 says this. Therefore, therefore means because since you're fighting these kind of things, Put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in times of evil. Shoot, I would, listen, if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to mark it up in this this section. I would just mark it up. I would circle. I would highlight. I would make notes to yourself because these are keys 
for living. This is keys for victorious life. It's not just a good idea. This is Paul saying, this is how you overcome in life. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Right? In this world, you'll have troubles. But be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. You're going to have problems. You're going to have tribulations. You're going to have adversity. You're going to have things that you're going to have to battle against. And if you're going to go into battle, what kind of soldier goes into battle unequipped? You think the Canadian government packs up their soldiers just like this and is like, well, see you later. Go fight for us. When they went off to World War II, did they just like, hey, uh, hey, man, Johnny, you got to go. You got to go fight like right now like that with no gun and no knife and no cool belt that you wear with stuff in it. And no camo clothes. You just have to go right now. No, of course, that's ridiculous. We would never do that in the natural. But for some reason, when it comes to spiritual things, that's how we live our life. We're like a bunch of commandos running around sometimes without the equipment to keep us safe or without helping us fight back. He says, put on all the armor of God so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. Who wants to be standing firm after the battle? I don't know about you, but I don't think anybody here wants to go down the battle. When it comes to spiritual things, you're going to be like, no, I'm going to take this one, and I'm going to, I'm going to take one for the team, and I'm going to die. No, because Jesus already took one for the team when he went to the cross. And because of that, now we have victory through him. And all we got to do is put on the armor of God, open up our Bible, pray, remember what the Scripture says about us and for us, and then at the end of the battle, we will be standing firm, saying, come on, Satan, what else you got? Verse 14 goes on and says this, Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor for God's righteousness. 15 says this, For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. 16 says this, In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop those fiery darts of the devil. 17 says, Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I cannot overemphasize the importance of reading your Bible. I cannot overemphasize how important it is for you to crack that thing open and begin to look inside the word and find yourself in there. To find out what God is saying about you. The world will put labels on you. They will tell you you're this, you're that, you're the other thing. You'll put labels on yourself that do not line up to what God says about you. And the only way to correct that thinking is by finding yourself in that word. And it's interesting to note that in this section of scripture, your only offensive weapon is the word of God. Not your sweet ninja skills. You're not going to karate, you're not going to ultimate punch the devil. To the natural man, there is no defense to the ultimate punch. I could show you, but I won't. 
But in the word of God, your weapon is the word of God. And your weapon comes from your knowledge of the word of God. And it comes, Tristan, from you opening your mouth and saying, "Uh uh-uh. This is what the Bible says. This is what God says about me. This is how God sees me. He doesn't see me as ugly. He doesn't see me as stupid. He doesn't see me as under. He sees me above. I'm not a failure. I'm a winner. I'm not a loser. I am above all things. I'm not this. I'm not that. Whatever anybody has tried to say about me, I'm none of those things. I am who God says I am. He says, so put on salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 18 says this. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Maybe you didn't hear that. Pray in the spirit at all times and in every occasion. Pray in the spirit all the time and everywhere and in everything you're going through and everything you're dealing with. Stay alert, stand on guard, and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. We have to stand on guard. You've got to be watching. Those guards, they're, they're, they're kind of like, they have a job, but they're, they're like, not ornamental, but they have other things in place for the, for the queen. But in a real battle scenario, the guards that are standing on guard, they are vigilant. They're watching. They're scanning the horizon. They're not taking their eyes off things. They're not taking naps. And a lot of us are taking naps as believers, We're supposed to be standing guard, but we get tired because things look okay. They look okay. They look okay. They look okay. And suddenly you find yourself falling asleep and your eyes start drooping because everything looks okay. There's no problems. And you kind of slack off a little bit. You kind of back up a little bit. And you kind of start talking to your friend. You're not paying attention to the horizon anymore. And it's when you stop being vigilant, when you stop staying alert, that's when the enemy begins to sneak in. Because I'll tell you what. He's waiting. He's watching. Your enemy, your adversary, the devil, is looking. That means he's watching you. And I'll tell you what, he is quite satisfied to wait. And then as soon as your eyes start drooping, and as soon as you take your eyes off the horizon, and as soon as you start reading the Bible, and as soon as you start letting your relationship with God slide a little bit, and you start having some wonky thoughts about this, that, or the other thing, and you start sliding off, that's when he's like, ah, now's my opportunity to sneak in there. Now's my chance. Now's the perfect time to get in there. You've got to stand on guard. Standing on guard is having your eyes open and ready for the fight. Standing on guard is at attention with your weapon at your side, almost looking for the fight. That's what standing on guard is. Looking around, what do I see, what do I see, what do I see, what do I see coming down the road? Who's coming at me? Is it safe over here? Is it safe over here? Is it safe behind me? What's taking place? 
we're halfway through the year. Listen, I think in, I think in Mark, or maybe it's Matthew, when the Pharisees came to Jesus and they were giving him grief because he was casting out evil spirits, and they said, oh, you're casting them out because you're possessed. That's how you can cast out devils, because you are a devil. You're full of devil yourself, and so that's how you're doing it. And Jesus replies to them and says, how can that be true? How, how can, if I'm possessed by the devil, how can I be casting out the devils? He said, because a kingdom that is divided against itself will fall. We said, I told you that God said this is a year of unity, a year of breakthrough, and a year of defeating the giants. And we got to stand on guard for that. We got to be vigilant. You got to have your eyes open. So when you see some, somehow the enemy's trying to sneak in and bring division and stop that unity, what do you got to do? You got to shut it down. You got to shut it down. When you see giants popping up in your life and they're bringing all their friends and they've got everybody there and you don't know how you're going to get through that, you know what you do? You call somebody like, hey, I got some giants in my life and I don't know how I'm going to get through this. But I know the Bible says that if two or three are gathered, that there you are in the midst. And I know that if I ask anything in your name according to your will, it shall be done. So tell you what, man, can you pray with me? Can you come down? Can you sit down here with me? Can you, can you pray and just believe God together that we will see breakthrough in my life, that these giants will be slain, that whatever it is I'm dealing with or have dealt with for generations or decades, it doesn't matter, that I will see those giants slayed in my life? You gotta be paying attention. You gotta be paying attention. You gotta be standing on guard. You gotta be vigilant. So many times we think that, yeah, it's just, I'm a Christian, and so because I'm a Christian, I'm not going to have any problems. Everything's going to be okay. Jesus, Jesus said I'm a Christian now, and I have no problems anymore. No, that's not what Jesus said. Should be going. Oh. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. If you know that there's things in your life that are coming against you, whether they're giants, whether they're blockades, things that are stopping you dead in your tracks, whether there's division coming into your life or any number of other things from the enemy. John 10.10 10 says, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And if you could look around your life and say, man, I see those things in my life. I see destruction trying to take place in my life. I see death trying to happen in my life. I see my dreams dying. I see my hope dying. I see my body dying. I see my marriage dying. I see my finances are dying. If you can look around your life and say, I see the effects of the enemy in my life, then it could be because you're not standing on guard the way that you need to stand on guard to protect what God has spoken to you and about you and what God wants to do in you and through you.
So here's what I want to do today. If in your life you can see those effects, I want you just to stand up as an act and as a declaration of saying that I will stand on guard for these things in my life. I haven't been vigilant the way that I was called to be. I haven't been uh, as, as alert as I know that I should be in my life for whatever kinds of things. But if you know in your life, listen, sometimes when you hear the word of God, lots of times when we ask people, hey, if you never accepted Christ in your life, we want you to put your hand up. Why do we do that? Because we want to have some action to their faith. And sometimes when you hear a message like this, you need to put some more action to that faith and say, you know what? Oh man, you know, the whole time Jake's been talking, I feel like he's talking to me. I can look at my life and I realize I haven't been as vigilant as I should be. I realize I haven't been staying as alert as I should be. I realize that I've just been letting things slide. I haven't been reading my Bible. I haven't been praying. Listen, one of the things you need to stand on guard for is your relationship with God. Psalm 119.11 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart. One translation says, I have treasured. I like buried a hole, dug it down there, stuck it in. So when life storms come at me, I know where right to go and I can dig that treasure up and find out what it is. And if you can sit around, look around and say, Hey, I just know that in my life I have not been as vigilant, as alert as I should have been. And I know that today God is speaking to me prophetically and I need to say, yeah, I'm going to stand on guard. I am recommitting myself to really stand on guard. Then what I want you to do is I want you to stand up and say, I will stand on guard. I don't want you to wait. Don't look around. I see people stand up. That's you. I want you to stand up. This is just a declaration of you saying, I'm going to stand on guard. And I don't want you to do the churchy thing. I don't want you to stand up because everybody else is standing up. I want you to stand up because you can say, I need to stand up and say, I will stand on guard for my marriage, for my family, for my kids, for my finances, for the things that you have called me to, my dreams that you have placed inside of me, the hopes that you put inside of me, the health that you have declared on me. I will stand on guard for those things. You want to say something? And my eyes closed. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Matthew 26. 36 is the story where Jesus is praying in the garden and Jesus is saying if it's possible father take this cup from me but he came back and he found the disciples sleeping and he said to Peter could you not watch with me one hour watch and pray with me that you don't enter in temptation the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak there's a temptation right now to fall asleep at this season, there's, there's a falling asleep that's happening in our nation where things are just getting darker. The light needs to shine brighter. And God is calling an army all across our nation, but specifically in this place. Would you arise and would you wake up? Would you arise and would you take your place? Like Habakkuk 2, one says, I will, I will um, stand watch and stand on the rampart to see what God will say to me. Will you be willing to stay up one hour to hear what you need to hear from me, says the Lord? Would you be willing to spend time with me to see, 
so that you can see with my eyes. Blessed are the eyes that see. Blessed are the ears that hear. Because, friends, we need eyes to see and we need ears to hear like never before. We need hearts to obey like never before because God is calling the armies to arise. God is calling identity in this place to arise. That's part of what the Hope School of Ministry is for, is to help raise up young men and women, older men and women into their identity, into their destiny that God has called them into. And God says to us today, would you arise? Would you take your place? Would you watch and would you pray? Would you stand on guard for a nation? Would you stand on guard for your soul? Would you stand on guard for your spouse? Would you stand on guard for your kids? Would you stand on guard for your family? Would you stand on guard for your church? Would you stand on guard for the calling that I have for you, says the Lord? Because there's hope in your future, says the Lord. But I need you to arise, says God. I need you to take your place. So God, we stand in this place today. And we say, Jesus, we will take our place in your kingdom because we understand that you have called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. God, we receive your power today to be everything that you've called us to be, to do everything that you've called us to do. And God, we thank you for your spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you to fill us and to infuse us that the eyes of our understanding are not natural, but they're illuminated to see as you see God, to hear as you see God. God, we thank you that you are raising us up, that you are training our hands for war, that you are putting a rock-solid endurance on the inside of us not to lose heart and not to grow weary and not to give up in the middle of the fight. But God, we rise in this place and we say we will not be defeated and we will not quit. And God, we will be committed to stand alongside the one standing next to us in this place today. And we say, come on, come on. Don't get tired, come on, don't get too busy. Don't get too busy. Sometimes we fall asleep, church, because we've been too busy. We've been preaching on Sabbath for a reason. Don't get too busy. But watch, God, we watch. And we pray and we take our place, even in the mundane, it's all significant. So we just lift our hands in this place today. Let's just lift our hands all across this place. There's just an impartation of strength, an impartation of endurance, an impartation of anointing. I was getting ready this morning and I just started singing this song, we need a new anointing. We need a new anointing. And it didn't sound very, it didn't sound like it was good theology, but I just began singing, God, I need a new anointing. God, I need a new anointing because I can't do what you're calling me to do today like I did it yesterday. God, we receive your fresh anointing. We receive your grace. We receive it, God, and we understand as sons and daughters that we can't do it without you. Father, we receive it. And I say destiny, I say identity awaken today in the name of Jesus. Church, one can put a thousand, two can put ten thousand. So we say in the name of Jesus, we will take.
our place, Lord Jesus, and we will stand on guard, not just for our nation, but for you, God. We stand on guard. One of the ways you do that, one of the best ways you do that is by your relationship with God. It's with you grabbing your Bible. It's with you grabbing your phone and opening it to your Bible app, whatever you use, and you spend time with Him. Like it says in Ephesians 6, you take the sword of the Spirit and you pray in the Spirit at all times and in every occasion. That means that while you're driving in your car, you just begin talking to God, even praying. It means when you're having a fight with somebody, you just walk away, you start praying. Say, God, your will be done in the situation. Give me your thoughts. Give me your words. Give me your desires. Help me see the person the way that you see it. Help me see the situation the way that you see it. But your relationship with God has to come first. It has to come first. It is the foundation for everything else that follows. Father, we thank you for today. God, I just pray right now. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.